Sequels are kind of hard to pull off, right? This is especially true in video games. The sequel has to recapture the magic of the first one, but be innovative enough that the sequel feels fresh and warranted. It's a tricky balancing act to pull off. That was the challenge Horizon Forbidden West faced. When Horizon Zero Dawn launched, it felt like a new concept with fresh gameplay and a gorgeous open world to dive into. It was one of the best games of 2017. So, did Horizon Forbidden West pull off the tricky balancing act, or is this too much of more of the same? That is the question I'm going to answer right after the intro. DJ, start the intro. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host Sebastian Malden and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Right off the bat, I'm going to answer the main question. Yes. I think the developers Guerrilla Games managed to pull off that tricky balancing act. But maybe, just maybe not to the degree that most people wanted. Horizon Forbidden West provides a lot of fresh features, environments, and enemies, but isn't the thunderjaw sized step forwards that many people were hoping for. All that said, this is a breathtaking open world game that has way more going for it than against it. Let's dive into it. Let's first talk about the combat. It's been 5 years since the release of Horizon Zero Dawn, and one of the big questions going into Horizon Forbidden West was what new ideas would Guerrilla Games bring to the combat? I'm happy to report that Guerrilla understood the assignment. This sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, squares you up against so many new animal mechs that aim to tear you apart. And I'm not gonna lie, many will probably succeed. Each new mechanical beast presents new strengths and elemental weaknesses, and you'll probably need every tool at Aloy's disposal just to survive. Thankfully, you have many new weapons and traps to utilize. Just like in the first game, range combat here is incredible, absolutely impressive. You have many new types of bows and arrows, you have spears to throw, and all the classic weapons from the first game come back into play. As a result, there are so many different ways that you can approach fighting both the humans and the mech enemies in this game. The stealth in this game is also amazing. Hunting down each individual foe or causing them to stumble into one of your well-placed traps is so rewarding. It's such a good experience to slay an enemy and then cause confusion amongst your foes while you're just simply hiding in the grass going unnoticed. I also want to shout out and state that the DualSense controller takes the experience of playing this game to another level. The controller really makes you feel the tightness of pulling back your bow or winding back to throw a spear. This is a game that kind of takes advantage of some of the things that the DualSense has to offer and does it in really thoughtful ways. Now let's talk about another aspect of the combat and that's the melee combat. The melee in this game feels like a solid idea, but it's extremely hard to use. This is because it is a combo based melee system with pauses in between the button inputs. Let me use a common combo for an example here. You start this combo by pressing R1, 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 and then you have a slight pause before you have to enter in R2. 
that would be a problem here considering you're only given an assertedly small amount of time to press R2. If you do it too fast or too slow, then you fail at executing the combo. The timing has to be absolutely precise, and this feels like a mechanic that feels well thought out, but not necessarily well executed, if you know what I mean. Speaking of the melee combos in this game, this game also has melee pits where you're tasked with executing specific combos against human opponents before that time limit that they give you runs out. Due to how challenging it is to actually execute a combo, this is by far the weakest, most frustrating part of the video game as a whole. I would have skipped this entirely if it wasn't required to earn this game's platinum trophy. I'll be honest, I love up close and personal combat in video games. It's often one of my favorite mechanics of video games that offer melee combat. But the melee combat in Horizon Forbidden West feels so bad and so hard to use that I often forgone using the melee system entirely and just stuck to what I know, and that's the great ranged combat that is offered by this game. So in the third game, I would love to see this redone. Just build that new melee system from the ground up because what you have here doesn't feel very well executed, if I'm being honest. Now let's segue into the graphics and the presentation. I cannot stress this enough, Horizon Forbidden West is one of the most beautiful, absolutely the most gorgeous games that I've ever seen. Everything from Aloy to the machines you encounter, to the various environments that you explore is absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. Do yourself a favor and play this on a very nice TV. You'll get lost in looking at the environments, like the snowy mountains, the detailed plains, and the beautiful coastal beaches. This game is a feast for your eyes. Matter of fact, the characters themselves are a visual treat as well. Aloy and her companions are incredibly detailed, especially when you see them decked out in their mechanical armor. I cannot stress this enough, Horizon Forbidden West is the most gorgeous and beautiful games that I've ever seen in my entire life. I've been playing games my entire life, and I've never seen a game that looked this damn good. So let's segue and talk about the story of the game. As opposed to the first game, Horizon Forbidden West's weakest aspect is in fact its narrative. In Horizon Zero Dawn, Gorilla came out of the gate swinging with this story. We got to meet Aloy and the intriguing post-apocalyptic world that she lives in. In Horizon Forbidden West, at the start of the game, we are introduced to a mystery that leads into the premise of the overall game. While the mystery itself is intriguing, it sets the tone off for the story to be a slow burn as opposed to the swifter pace that was in the previous game. Another critique of the story is that it often feels like the middle installment of a trilogy. There are parts, even in the middle section of the game, where you can tell that this is building towards a third game as opposed to telling its own story. It's not the end of the world or anything to that magnitude, but it often had me expecting a cliffhanger ending that would launch us into what lies next for the franchise. I was often thinking about what was coming next as opposed to really just settling in and enjoying the story that was in front of me. All that said, the game story is a good installment to the series. While it does have its flaws and it's a bit of a slower process, it does expand on the lore and the world building while also providing some interesting new antagonists for us to square off against. Now let's talk about the game's characters. Even though the narrative can be a bit flat in some aspects, the same can't be said about the game's characters. The characters of the main story often shine, especially Ashley Birch as Aloy and Angela Bassett as Regala. 
In many of the side missions that you encounter, you'll also meet some interesting characters that introduce you to some memorable stories. I cannot shout out enough how many stories I came across that really resonated with me. There were a couple of stories, especially side stories in the game, that resonated with me more so than the main quest itself. I also want to shout out how diverse the characters are in this game. You encounter several different tribes with many people from all sorts of different ethnic backgrounds, and me as a chocolate man, it warmed my heart to see this display of diversity. Now, let's talk about the game's exploration. One of the best parts of Horizon Forbidden West is exploring the new territories of the Forbidden West. There's so much to do and see in this game. You're still able to hunt machines and wildlife to upgrade your resources and your arsenal. This game has scores of new machines to hunt and strip for resources, so gamers who love the art of collecting will have plenty to do here. One of the best improvements to the game is its climbing mechanic. You can now use your focus to quickly scan the area and you're presented with numerous highlighted handholds that you can climb on. The results aren't quite as smooth as it could be, but it works. While it's not Breath of the Wild's climb anywhere mechanic, it's a solid step forward and it offers a far freer way to actually climb on mountains and different surfaces in the game. The game also has a new glide mechanic. You can jump off of tall surfaces and use your broken shield to basically glide down towards your next destination. It's a really cool feature and an awesome way for you to see all the environments that Horizon has to offer while you're simply floating down from the highest peak that you've managed to climb onto. Now let's talk about the underwater hits and misses. Another cool new addition to the game is the ability to dive deep underwater. This gives you new places to see and explore. And there's also a sizable amount of main missions, side missions, and treasure hunting that occurs underwater. At first, your time underwater is limited to basically how long Aloy can hold her breath, but thankfully the game grants you with a means of breathing underwater halfway through the game. This game gives you so many areas underwater to explore, and it's a visual showcase as well. The underwater areas look absolutely gorgeous, but unfortunately, the game doesn't allow you to fight underwater. Instead, you're relegated to an underwater game of hide or get killed by an underwater mech. That's sad because overall, you spend about 30% of this game underwater and you have no means of actually fighting any of the enemies that you encounter underwater. They could at least let you have some form of underwater weapon, but I digress. It's one of the few flaws of this game. Now, let's talk about the game's skill tree. In Horizon Forbidden West, you can spend your hard-earned skill points on multiple skill trees. Each skill tree has its own area of expertise, like melee, traps, and the mount, for example. The skill trees also have the Valor Surges that you can unlock. Valor Surges are the special moves that you can use during battles. To use these moves, you must first fill up your Valor Meter by getting hit or attacking your enemy's weak spots. Some Valor Surges are better than others, but I found that overall it really didn't have a major impact on most battles I fought to begin with anyways. So should you play Horizon Forbidden West? The answer is an emphatic yes. While it does have its flaws like its narrative and its lack of underwater combat, it shines in all other areas. 
If you like open world games with tons to do, then this game should be at the very top of your list, especially if you have a PS5. I cannot stress this aspect enough. There are tons, and I mean tons of things to do in this game. You can go hunting the critters that roam the Forbidden West. You can hunt down the machines that you encounter to better equip your armor or better equip your gear. You can ride the mounts that you encounter and race those mounts against other racers in the game. You can also do the hunting challenges where you attack different mounts with different types of gear that you have at your disposal and different types of ammo. You can also do the melee pits where you have to basically do the melee challenges that I talked about earlier. You can do the main stories, the endless amount of side stories that you encounter. This game has its own mini game version of Gwent. There are so many things to do, and I haven't even named them all. So overall, while this game does have its flaws, it's still engaging and fun. It's also a spectacle to see and square off against these giant mech beasts that you encounter. Horizon Forbidden West is a beautiful example of a AAA open world RPG. Everything from its visuals to its gameplay to its immensely deep and dense explorable open world feels very polished and blends in together to make a must-play title for all PlayStation gamers. I cannot stress this enough, if you have a PS5 and you love open world RPGs, do yourself a favor and play Horizon Forbidden West. In this show, we practice the 10 games backlog rule. In this practice, you log down 10 games. Those games are going to be your video game backlog. To be as productive as you possibly can be, we recommend that you only play three games at one time. One single player narrative game, one game that's going to be your chill and relax game, and another game that's going to be your palate cleanser game, which is a game that you play when you're not in the mood for your other narrative games. When you complete or get tired of one game, it leaves the backlog list. Then you decide which new game is added to the list and which game on the list advances to your active three games. So where should Horizon Forbidden West be in your video game backlog list? This is a tricky one. Well, I do think that the narrative is the weakest point of the game. It is strong enough that I think it will still keep you engaged. So I definitely think it's strong enough to be your primary main focus. But I don't really feel like it fits well to be your chill and relax game. That is, unless you're playing the game with the sound off and listening to music or watching something else on on another tv or something like that whereas like the palette cleanser spot is a bit confusing and conflicting as well i'm conflicted on that one because while it could be a good palette cleanser game it also has very dense and deep controls that i feel like once you kind of get out of those controls it's a little bit of a challenge to get back into them so honestly, I would probably just recommend this to be your narrative, primary narrative focus game and just kind of stick with that. If you can just focus on this game and kind of play it to your heart's content and let something else be your palate cleanser game or let someone else be your, your game that you kind of chill and relax with, then this is going to be a very fun experience. You can do everything this game has to offer in around probably like 60 hours. I ended up getting the platinum at probably around 70 hours but i was doing a whole bunch of like hunting that isn't necessarily entwined with you getting the platinum if you know what i mean so 
that's my video game recommendation i'd recommend it for the primary the primary narrative slot in your video game backlog list so that is the game recommendation of the week that you should consider adding to your backlog list if you want me or my community of gamers to give you feedback on your backlog list then join us in the single player experience discord server once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list or talk about good single player game experiences that you've had lately. The link to join the free single player experience discord server is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace.